0: Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic Voyage.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beertastic Voyage. I'm Kevin.
0: This is Mark. And I'm Justin.
1: And guys, it's good to be back at the table with you, getting ready to drink some more beer. Today we have some uh, a special gift edition, if you will. Um, one of our listeners, Matt, um, who is a local guy here with us, grew up here on Long Island, and moved out to the far reaches of california when coming home for the thanksgiving holiday brought us some beers from hermitage brewing company um he brought us a maltopia a strawberry rhubarb american sour and a sour cherry sour that's one of their special editions that they do so this is going to be we we love sour beer so this is going to be special in that sense but also i mean who doesn't love presents and beer that's free always tastes just a touch better than beer that we have to spend money on
2: exactly I also love Matt I only see him pretty much once a year at Thanksgiving and I barely know him but for some reason he's a really good guy and um, always remembers me so I really appreciate
1: the uh, the gift yeah um so Matt let's give Matt a round of applause I'm gonna clap yay for Matt all right and if anybody else listening out there wants to give us beer we will gladly drink that beer and review it as well. So
0: Yeah, send us an email, beertasticvoyage at gmail.com.
1: Um, so a little bit of background about Hermitage Brewing Company. They were um, started in nineteen eighty seven out in they are out of San Jose, California. All the sands always get me kind of confused. And by Lewis Jemison and Ron Manabi. And Lewis actually was a restaurateur. He ran a little brew pub like a a little restaurant, pub kind of thing going on. And apparently came back to Ron and said, Ron, we're getting into beer because this is going to be the future. This is going to be a great business decision for us. And this is from 1987. So they're one of the older kind of craft brewery, brew pub kind of people out there. And they've always worked on that tradition of we're going to make beer that we want to drink. That's art. It's artisanal. It's sourced with local stuff because they're out in California where everything grows. And they just um and they opened up a production facility that they couldn't quite make their own beer in yet. They weren't really confident in it in that sense. But they were using the production facility for gypsy brewers and other local companies to make their beer. And once and then they started rolling out one of their beers, another one of their beers, another one of their beers, and people really were picking up on it and By doing that, they grew into their own separate institution of this great brewery. Um, They pride themselves on using traditional Belgian fermentation techniques and supporting modern local foodie culture, as they claim. Um, They claim to have pioneered sour brews with nuanced flavors, present themselves from a lovely mix of wild yeast, bacteria, toasted oak barrels, herbs, spices, and seasonal fruits. And they keep a cellar master on salary a guy by the name of greg who uses about 50 to 120 some odd barrels that um that they keep in their cellar and uh, from what i gathered watching a bunch of videos on their website that each barrel imparts certain flavors to the beverages and so he will kind of mix and match how long a beer might be saying in a given barrel to impart certain flavors
0: yeah every barrel has its own uh, sort of personality the brewers like to call it, because you can start off with the same wort, add the same culture to it, and you could end up with two beers that have completely different flavor profiles that, you know, one was in this barrel, one was in that barrel, and one could taste like cherries, and the other could taste like lemon.
2: So you mean, when you
0: say each particular barrel, you mean like each barrel, like individual barrel, each not just each type vessel. of barrel? Yeah, each wood vessel, you know, develops its own character because... Uh, you know, variations in the construction, even though they all hold 31 gallons, you know, maybe the wood grain in this one is a little bit different, or maybe, you know, this one was closer to the outside wall, so it stayed a little cooler. So, you know, you start off with the same stuff, and you put, you know, same yeast bacteria culture in them, but they're going to end up tasting slightly different, which is why any brewery that is producing sour on any kind of scale is always blending different barrels together to create a consistent product so that you know one batch of the beer doesn't taste wildly different from the last one you released that's interesting it makes a lot of a lot of sense especially
2: with doing the woodworking that you do you can rip one board down and the what you the grain you see underneath will be completely different than the next board you got from the same tree so it's even through years of growth that the wood changes so it's interesting to see that kind of fingerprint happen in a beer
0: yeah and it Part of it could be the, you know, I I don't know all the things that factor into it, but the wood grain, the uh, uh, thickness of the staves, maybe the staves are a little bit thicker on this one than that one. Maybe this one was charred slightly longer than the other one. All those little things add up and create uh, different characteristics in the beer after fermentation.
1: Now, I wonder if, now, those barrels, when you're souring in those barrels, some of the bacteria is going to survive in the wood, right? Yeah. So... That would obviously change the flavor profile as well. Whichever bacteria is present in a given barrel that might mutate over generations.
0: Right, and a lot of sour brewers actually will leave a certain amount of beer in the bottom of the barrel just so that they develop those individual sort of uh, characteristic strains or maybe like they really enjoyed the flavor characteristics that they got out of one particular barrel. So they'll leave a portion of the last beer in there so that when they add more wort into it, they have a better chance of, you know, reproducing those particular flavor notes going forward. It's almost like a sourdough, like a starter for sourdough, that type of thing. Yeah, it yeah. basically that's what you're doing. Now, I guess it's you know, and
1: hey, San Francisco and California loves that sour, you know, is famous for that sourdough as well, so I guess it's just because everything, including bacteria, grows great out in California. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I when you started saying that about the different flavors, and I was listening to them, I was reminded of a, um, I think it was like a history of beer, docu documentary that I watched at some point along my lifetime, and they talk about how the Norse people, you know, Justin, your great 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 ancestors, decided that the um, they didn't understand that bacteria existed and that that was part of a brew- part of the brewing process, but each brewing family had their own magic stick or magic mash paddle basically and what was basically happening was that the bacteria was inoculated onto that mash paddle or stick which is what it really was (laughs) and when and they would have to use the magic paddle in each batch to make sure that the beer fermented and turned into actual beer right so speaking of beer uh... i've said
0: beer four times in the past sentence so it's time to start drinking beer Yeah, just to wrap up that uh, whole uh, Nordic tradition. There's actually a guy that's uh, involved in the Milk the Funk Facebook group that uh, is actually doing an entire project, going out and like finding all these like uh, family heirloom sticks to sample the different yeast and bacteria cultures on them to sort of catalog all the different things. That that is really cool. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that never ceases to amaze me how deep people go. Like I think I go deep and get like obsessed over small details and things.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. So, well, the first beer that we have from Hermitage today is called their Maltopia. It's a Scotch style ale. Comes in at a nine percent ABV, so it's a good solid start to our flight, and twenty five IBUs using Mount Hood and Columbus hops. They have a two row Munich chocolate. Baird, Karastan, and Crystal Malts in there. And I gotta give Hermitage the credit and that they have a very deep and very well developed website with lots of information and videos and ton of stuff. Um and this is a gold gold medal winner from the California State Fair, which I imagine has a pretty decent uh beer competition going on there. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, We're not talking Rhode Island or Delaware here. Right. You know. Well, Delaware probably has like three people at it anyway. It's the size of you know my shoe. <laughs> yeah. There's more ghosts being judged than actual people there.
2: Sorry, <laughs> Delaware. Not, not, I love you.
1: And it is also a um, 2016 bronze medal winner from the World Beer Cup. So oh, this well, guy that, has that some, some, a little uh, bit more some credentials. Um, well, we poured it out, and it's a dark amber color, but definitely clear and see-through. When we poured it out, it had a nice um, beige head to it, which disappeared a little quickly, but not a whole lot. Um, Don't see a ton of effervescence and not a lot of protein to hold onto the side of the glass. But um, you guys, what do you guys think?
2: it's um i I just took a little sip and it it smells and it it even has a little bit of a sweet taste but it smells even more malty to me i was expecting to get more malt from it but i really like it it's uh it gave me a nice sweet flavor at first and then a tad bit of a bitter undertone as i swallowed it and it was really it was very pleasant it didn't stick stay around in my mouth
0: yeah i'll agree with you justin it it smells uh very much like a a barley syrup to me on the nose and uh has a a, uh enough bitterness so that I don't feel that it's cloyingly sweet, and I'm also surprised that it's 9% alcohol, because I certainly didn't notice that in the flavor. No, not at all. It's a, this is a very smooth. So now that we've tried it,
1: um, I'll read you their descriptor of it, because sometimes they don't always match, and I don't like to have the descriptor put. I try to put ideas in my head. I can do that all on my own. I can put bad ideas in my head. Um, <laughs> so they say that Art Scotch Ale also known as a wee heavy, pours out a reddish-brown color with amber highlights and a beige-colored head. The aroma is malty with, froth- with toasty grain notes and a slightly nutty character. Maltopia's flavor is true to its name, malt-forward with a deep, toasted flavor, slight caramel character, and a hint of plum-like fruitiness, and a hot bitterness enough for balance. Moderately full-bodied with medium-high carbonation, Maltopia has a dry finish that makes it surprisingly easy drinking. And I... That is one of those hundred percent true hit it. I you know, I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna say ninety eight percent sure because I don't take a plum like fruitiness. I didn't really pick that up. That's yeah, exactly I, what I was thinking. Right. But that could just be that it's the first, you know, the first beer of the day for me and I'm kind of, you know, warming up the palate a little bit.
2: It's uh it I, I love this beer. This is, this is the, the, for lack of a better term, the beeriest beer that I've ever think I've enjoyed this much. <laughs> the
1: beeriest beer, huh?
2: Yeah, because, you know, again, the standard thing you think of when you think of beer, especially, you know, like my wife, before we went on that trip to Philadelphia, she thought every beer had to be ridiculously bitter. And, you know, they all had tasted like you were either eating barley or, you know, eating a hop. Right. And this is a balance of those two things that I don't think necessarily think she would appreciate. <laughs> she wants more of a wine-like beer, but for me, it, it, it gives me that bitterness in a way that is balanced. Is in the word they use, and that's exactly what I would say.
1: Well, i I really like the the mouthfeel of the beer. It's got a little bit of a little bit of the syrupiness to it, which I like. That usually, you, you know, with that multi extra multi flavor beers has a little bit of syrupiness that I enjoy. And this is probably one of the – usually Scotch Ales or We Heavies are one of those ones that I kind of turn away from, even though it's a malt-based beer, uh, a maltier beer. It's a style that I tend to kind of shy away from just because I've I've had a few in the past that I didn't really enjoy. And this one I really, really enjoyed. It was very tasty, and it had that good mouthfeel. And the dry finish, I think, is – the most important part of it
0: oh certainly yeah that
1: it doesn't it gave the syrupiness but it's still finished dry and i don't feel like it's still coating the inside of my mouth
0: no i'm actually a little disappointed that uh, we only had one 12 ounce bottle and it's empty
1: yeah this well i do have two more at home so we'll next time we get together we can drink some more of those but i think we already have a pretty long list but it'll be there i'm not getting rid of them that's it that's certain it's not going to get re-gifted to this holiday season and be like oh hey here, try this beer from California that I just didn't happen to like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this one very much. So starting out with my rating, I'm going to – I think I'm going to go with a bomber on this one. Um, yeah, I I don't need, think I'd eat much more than that just because it's a little thick on the tongue in that sense. But I, I could totally see myself saying, this is the beer I'm drinking all night tonight and just take a night off from any other style. This one's mine tonight, but – I think a bomber on a regular day is going to be just right.
0: I have to agree with you on the bomber, Kevin, but uh, that's really only because of the alcohol content. At 9%, I though I would like to have a growler of this, I would say it's too strong for me to have a growler of it.
2: So you think a growler of this is about equal to, like, you know, four Blitzens? <laughs> So uh
0: Mark for doesn't our actually know what four blitzens is. He did for, not experience four. He for, experienced for our three. listeners. The fourth was too many. Yes. <laughs> and even though I the next morning I woke up and said three was too many to my wife. So uh I produce a uh holiday beverage for uh friends and family every year, and last year that was a sizer that was fifteen percent alcohol that I called blitzen and I had too much of it to drink on New Year's Eve. So
1: Yeah, that is a delicious, delicious beverage.
2: I can't wait to revisit that in a couple weeks. (laughs) I will not be having four, that's for sure. Oh, come on, man. I'm pretty
1: sure you could have stayed up in that chair. Let's see if it can happen. (laughs) While the guys are recounting the tale of the Blitzen, I'm pouring out our next beer from Hermitage, which is a Strawberry Rhubarb American Sour. I'm going to uh, hold you off so I can give my rating. What's that? You're stealing you, my Justin, rating. Oh, though. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I okay. apologize. I thought, you, right. I thought I, you had gone through. So, Justin, please, inform us of how much you love this beer.
2: It, it, it's going to be pretty boring because I'm going to agree with you guys and say a bomber. And my main reason for it is it is a little thick in the mouthfeel for me. And um, I tend to want to wander a little bit. And I think that if I drank too much of this, I wouldn't be able to, uh, to, to kind of enjoy another beer.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I could see how the mouthfeel could overwhelm. The palate and really just start to say you know what this is a bit much for me it's definitely a beer that i enjoy and i'm really glad that matt brought that one back for me and that i have two more and that i may hoard did matt, <laughs> did matt uh contact you don't ask you what styles to get or did he um, out on his own no he well matt gave us a gave me a shout and said listen i'm gonna be home for thanksgiving if you want me to bring you any beer from california let me know cuz i can get some stuff that you can't get. And i said that would be fantastic. We'd love it. Um, you know, expecting him to maybe grab like two or three, you know, bombers and be like, "Oh, here's some stuff that i like locally." And he was awesome and and said and i didn't get back to him cuz i'm a piece of crap like that. And <laughs> that i got back to him in my head 3 times, but just not in on actual phone texts or conversation or facebook or any of the thousand of ways that i could have done it in 10 seconds flat sorry <laughs> but matt you picked a great Yeah, um, so far you're one for one
0: and if i can put in a request for next year please get anything from the rare barrel oh okay.
1: uh, yeah all right because i know matt listens and i know he downloads it every i know he downloads it every week so right now matt gets to be number one fan we would like to have a competition for number one fan though, so hint you know. in nudge nudge, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um okay, so now, Justin, we got your rating. we're gonna move on, okay, yeah, okay, I allow, I allow it, thank you, <laughs> make it so, make it so, uh, so number two is a strawberry rhubarb American sour, and they classify it as an American sour style beer coming in at six point five percent a b v um with no distinguishable hop characteristic in there. Using uh, malt, wheat malt, two row, and unmalted wheat, with just a touch of Mount Hood hops, I'm assuming to um, balance things out, and they add in strawberry and rhubarb. Now, pouring this out,
0: it is super hazy. Yes, and it also very effervescent on the initial pour. Yes, it also it looks exactly like fresh apple cider. That is
1: a yeah, really, was gonna... really really accurate description of this, Justin. That is.
0: Yeah, that that's right. That that's right on the head. There, I was gonna say this looks like a New England IPA, but uh, I apple cider, fresh pressed apple cider, definitely is an apt description. Now, it smells a lot like it too. I'm not saying the apple part. It's just it has
2: a
1: very heavy odor.
2: Like it's it's thick. Like I have a, yeah, not that great a, sense of smell. And I can really smell. It's
1: it. a really strong fruit flavor, and it doesn't. I mean, I don't know if that's the rhubarb coming through. I can't. I, can't, I don't know what the rhubarb flavor is. I haven't had a strawberry rhubarb pie in, I don't know, forever.
0: And I know I know rhubarb is supposed to be tart. Right. And uh, really, that's all I get in this beer. I know strawberries are supposed to be very difficult to get that flavor to carry over into the finished beer. And I don't know if that's what's going on here or if maybe it's just lost because of the acidity of this beer. It forced me to close my eyes when I drank it. I'm not saying that
2: it's bad. I'm saying that the flavor is very powerful. Yeah, And tart is definitely the way to go on this. I mean, this is almost checkpoint Charlie tart. Like, that's one of the beers that Mark and I Yeah, I, really I like. would
0: say it's approaching that. I, You know, uh, we don't know what the pH or uh, titratable acidity of this is, but it's definitely one of the most acidic beers that I've had. Now, they talk about how...
1: You know they age it in California wine barrels. Uh, in this beer, and if you look at the label, and we'll make sure we have a picture of it, it says number four in the series. And they actually have another one that's made with blueberries, and I think they did one with raspberries. They've and um, there's a couple more on the website. Like they did a pear something or other one. Like it's not all American sours, but it's definitely like they're kind of separate little project craft ones. But I. It's got almost that wine like flavor of when you drink a wine and it, a fruity wine and it has that little bit of tartness and um, on the back of the tongue that it's it's interesting. It's a little it's not. I don't know. I've, I'm going to have another sip because I can't decide if I like it or not just yet. But what are you guys thinking? You guys said a few more than me.
2: I was thinking the same thing. I'm trying to figure it out. I definitely like it. I just I like it when I first drink it, and then as I swallow it, I'm, I, and I get that like the the tartness follows down the back of my back of my mouth and my throat. Yeah, that's when I go, oh whoa, this is this is a bit much. And then it, it does go away. It doesn't build as much as I would expect it to. Yeah, it definitely stays around a little. So I'm I'm not sure. It's uh it's interesting. It's 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 almost simultaneously a dark and a light beer at the same time. Like you know with how it how it acts. Yeah,
1: dark dark color. And mouthfeel but light flavors in there.
0: Yeah, and uh after every sip I feel like I kinda have to like move my tongue around and uh force some saliva to squirt out to sort of clean my palate off. Yes. Yeah. Doing the same thing and, here. Uh, <laughs> even after doing that though, I feel like I still have like a, a coating in my mouth, which I'm not really enjoying. Oh. Um to give you the
1: the uh, brewery definite the brewery um ex- descriptor here the beer pours a very hazy amber color with a rosy pinkish hue from the pureed strawberry floating in suspension you may see a small amount of pink sediment in the bottom of some bottles if they manage to stand in one place long enough i like that i like when they add like a little thing like oh yeah by the way this beer sells really fast by now <laughs> <laughs> um, um we ser- we search for only the sweetest strawberries to add to this one and the juicy aroma of those delicious fruits wats wats back. I just can't speak apparently right this morning. Uh, Commandingly off the glass, the lovely essence of California wine barrels, which you definitely taste in there, mingles with the strawberry highlighted by hints of barrel-aged funkiness. The first sip is a bit of a surprise. And (laughs) Justin and I both made the same face. of like, whoa, that's really tart. Uh, As the super tart rhubarb jumps to the front of your taste buds to make itself known. Next comes the tannic character of the barrels, so maybe that's what we're experiencing there. Tannin characters.
0: Uh, I see. Martin. I'm I'm looking at the the bottle date printed on the on the bottle here. Yeah,
1: I believe it's from the summertime, right?
0: Yeah, it looks like it was bottled back in June, and maybe this is one of those beers that's uh, better enjoyed fresh. That's possible. So, uh, yeah, because uh, I on the nose, I definitely don't get any strawberry, and if the I mean, being a sour beer, if this—I don't think they're pasteurizing, so, you know, that might be why our uh, experience of this beer is so off from their description. Yeah,
1: this—yeah, uh, um, they they have, like, two more lines here. Give me one second. Um, a moderate dose of brett and lacto-induced funk, the beer is definitely sour but not puckering, and as it warms in your hand, the strawberries move closer and closer <laughs> to the front of the stage. Bless you, Mark the finish is tart and dry with hints of strawberry lingering between sips smooth and refreshing great for a summer day so i think this might be one of those beers that we have not experienced in the optimal conditions and that fresh from the getting this at their brew pub or in the tasting room is probably going to be a completely different experience than how we just experienced it in the bottles six months later
2: yeah i would say that you know it Mark and I were discussing this, actually, when we first got here. I've uh, got a, like, a cellaring situation set up that we'll talk about at some point. But it, um, we were talking about the different ways you can age beer in six months for this type of beer, especially with all of the, I guess, funk that they've added to it. I imagine that it could possibly have changed pretty radically over six months.
0: Yeah, I definitely would not uh, call what we're drinking moderate funk.
2: No, definitely not. This is the almost the funkiest of funk.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, and it's traveled a long way, and... I mean, I know I had it just kind of hanging out in the corner of my counter, um, which is not the optimal cellaring place to be for, you know, a yeah, couple that's
0: weeks. probably a little warm. Um,
1: but, I mean, it's, and the fact that it's traveled, you know, 3,000 miles, um, or is it 3,000 or 6,000 to California? I, can't I, I, it's, I, can't believe, I think 3,000 is uh, about right. Yeah, because, yeah, that's, I don't know. I'm not a geography guy, major person. <laughs> <laughs> but um as far as ratings are concerned uh justin why, why don't you start it, since i cut you out last time start for our ratings today. okay
2: we'll start with this we'll start sure. with the uh most interesting one i suppose it's uh a, gonna be a pint i, I definitely want to have this if we even if it were just like it is now let's say for argument's sake that it didn't change and this is how it tasted yeah. i would this would be a pint for me i would i would definitely enjoy having it. i enjoyed
1: it it just it was definitely
2: one of the most different experiences i've had tasting a beer
0: uh, i Agree, it's definitely different in that sense. Mark, how about you? Yeah, I'm also gonna go with a pint for this. I don't, uh, it, I'll, I like all sour beer. Um, granted, we've explained that this probably isn't an optimal, uh, example of this particular beer, but uh, because of the strong tartness and funk of this beer. I'm limiting it at a pint just because it would take me it's going to take me a while to drink through a pint and I can't imagine in one sitting going through more than that Um, I
1: completely agree I think at the high end mine would be a pint um, this is one of the ones where I'm going to run in between a taster and a pint and I kind of want a like a four ounce pour or you know like a wine glass size pour for this <laughs> Um, a snifter yeah, the snifter might be might be a good one for this, but um, just to keep it simple, I think I'm going to go back to the taster on it, and not through anything negative of it. But I just think it's a really powerful flavor that I don't want to drink a lot of, and I'm happy to I'm happy to experience it. I'm happy to drink it. I think it's a good taste, but I just don't need the volume of anything more than that.
2: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, um, as we uh, as we pour the next one, I just want to re- uh, make sure any new listeners know what our system is. We're here, you know, spatting about pints and tasters. The rating system we have is how much we want to drink of a beer. Um, usually we think about it in one sitting. Sometimes we think about what, whether we want to cook with it or not and things like that. But in general, that's what it is. And it starts off as a taster. Then it goes up to a pint. Then we have a bomber. Then we have a growler. And finally a keg for uh, things that we need
1: to, like, bathe in. Yeah. And speaking of bathing in, as I pop open the bottle for this next one, it bubbled over a little bit, and it is super carbonated and fermented, And or I don't think they carbonate, I don't think they force carbon. I think it's a bottle no, condition. No, it's definitely bottle conditioned. So, and this guy, this guy was not, um, since this is a nice big bottle, I did not keep this one on the countertop. This is about a wine bottle size. It's a, what is it, a 750? Milliliter, yeah, it's probably yeah. like seven fifty. Yeah. One one pint, yeah, it's a champagne bottle, yeah, yeah, it's one, one th- point nine point three six fluid ounces, um, of their sour cherry sour ale, and this one I put into the wine rack that I have, so it was laying down and it was in the corner, again, not really temperature controlled, but at least out of the sunlight at all times, and pouring it, it is a gorgeous rosy color,
0: yeah, that even carry the uh, pink hue even carries into the foam, which it's you know, really pretty. I like.
2: Yeah, this is it's it's beautiful looking. It's it's highly carbonated. Yeah,
0: I would say this is champagne level of uh, carbonation on this beer. And since it's a bigger one, I'm gonna pour out a little bit more for you
1: guys because, um, and I just had saying it was really pretty. I just had this kind of pop picture in my head of a bachelorette party showing up at a brewery and being like it's princess beer this is it it's my bachelorette beer yay like, you know like like it's pink and bubbly yay and just go ahead ladies you can yell at me for you know thinking that that's what ladies do on bachelorette parties but i've been out to enough breweries and seen you at bachelorette parties at breweries and that happens don't try to make it that it doesn't
2: yeah wait, this is i mean the, the, the head that sticks around on this is crazy
0: it's yeah. impressive
1: all right, so the Sour Cherry Sour is blended. Uh, I'm not going to go into the whole descriptor, but it is blended from more than 30 American wine barrels that have lived in the cellar from six months to two and a half years. This is the winter 15-16 release, so it's a year old already. And, um, and it's aged in American oak barrels with sour cherries added. It is the gold medal winner from the 2016 California State Fair. And... Um, the 2016 bronze medal winner from the LA International Beer Festival. And I'll go into more of it a little bit later um, after we try it. But we talked about the color and good head retention on it. Oh, it's super. You know, it's really staying up there. Like, I don't know if I could float something on it, but it's that it's thick. But it's I definitely staying up there. you could get a ping pong ball on there for sure. Um, yeah, I'd go with a ping pong ball on there.
2: If this is, uh, I, I, I mouth to Mark when I tasted. it, that this is where it's
1: at. This is a, a, then, a- Mighty excellent beer. Yeah, the nose is really nice on it. I really like that. Um it's a and I think I said it's a 6.5% ABV, no IBUs, wheat, two row and unmalted wheat. And they also use the Mount Hood hop. So they kind of follow the same formula as the other sour ale, like I guess that's their sour ale.
0: Yeah, it sounds yeah, it sounds like a, a a typical lambic style beer grist with that unmalted wheat in there. Now you threw grist in there,
1: and when I think grist, I think grist mill and milling stuff, but I have a feeling it's not that what's a grist?
0: well, grist is just the is the grains that go into producing the wort. I thought that was the green bill, or, or you could also call it the grist,
1: okay, okay, that's, same thing that's like is that like the the people in the know call it the grist, and the amateur hours call it like the green because they can't understand what grist is,
0: uh maybe or is it just like a what you got used to calling uh i don't know because i've definitely said grain bill previously too maybe it's the amount of alcohol that we've had so far that's possible but (laughs) the taste of this is
1: incredible like this is just the perfect amount of sour of, of that that beautiful tart sourness and when i think of really good sour beers This is what I think of, and this is the kind of flavor that I'm looking for.
0: This is definitely like a a sweet and sour, though, because it definitely has a nice sweetness to it, but the acidity is also there, and it's uh, very refreshing, especially with that high carbonation. Yes. Uh, A strong fruitiness on the nose. I don't know that I would say cherry, but uh, definitely fruity in aroma and all-around good.
2: And when I when I taste it, I get the sweetness, then I get the sour, and then right at the end, I, I feel like I and this is gonna sound like it's gross, but I like it. It tastes the barrel. Like I get this um, a little bit of edge to it where I like it feels. It tastes oaky to me.
1: No, and I think that's what you're supposed to get. Considering that they spend so much time and energy to to blend it between all the barrels and make sure that it's there. Yeah, there's like, just so I many years like barrel flavor.
2: Yeah, there's just so many beers I have that are in a barrel, and I like all of them, and it definitely imparts that sour flavor I, I, that I that I enjoy. But very rarely, if you gave me the beer and didn't and told me that it was in a didn't tell me it was in a barrel, would I say that it was barrel aged? Right. And in this case, I would. The first thing I would say after I drank it was that it has to have been barrel aged.
1: I okay. I understand where you're picking that up, and I mean, this is awesome. And I'm gonna look around and see if I can find this guy out here, and. I mean, do you guys have more to say about it? Because I mean, uh, if not, I'm ready to give it a rating. But if you guys have some more that you want to talk about it, I mean, the fruit fruitiness of it, I get a little cherry, but um, it's not an overwhelming, like definitive fruit. I think Mark, you said it. The, like it's just kind of a general fruitiness, and that probably comes from mellowing out over the course of yeah, a and year. Yeah,
0: being that it's a year old, that's probably why some of those cherry notes are, are lost. But oh, yeah,
2: I, I would be. It would be really interesting to be able to have tasted this when it was first bottled versus now, just to see how it would um, it would it it has aged and how much character has been added by the barrel versus taken away by aging, things like that.
1: So I'm gonna look around as we go out to, uh, you know, if we're out at local stores, I'm gonna take a look for the new one, and if not, Matt, find the new one, and hang on to it, keep it in a cool dark place, out of the way, keep it safe, and bring it to us. <laughs>
0: Along with the uh, uh, sour tooth tiger from the rail barrel, that now that's it. Now you're in. That's it. You have no choice. <laughs> um,
1: and as far as ratings concerned, I'm I'm gonna break tradition and we're not gonna have to follow the one because I think the bottle that it comes in, the the champagne bottle, is the perfect size for it, and that's what I want. I want another one of these bottles for me alone, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: as the guy who has to do the show notes, I hate you and everything that you stand for. Yeah, so
0: let, <laughs> let, let let's just call it a bomber because that's uh, as close. what a champagne size. bottle? <laughs> so, uh what do you think, Justin? What's your uh, rating on this one? So,
2: my initial thought was that I was going to go going to go keg because I loved it very much, but I do have to to think practically and if I were to have a keg of this, at a certain point I think that the level of tartness would, I would probably want to take a break from it, so I'd probably end up losing part of the cake. So we're gonna go, we're gonna go um, growler. I'm gonna go a little bit more and say that we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have a little more than, than the champagne bottle that it comes in, <laughs> and, uh, and, and enjoy it a lot. This is an excellent beer.
0: Yeah, I, I'm uh, with you there, Justin. It'd be a growler for me because I would enjoy this for uh, quite a few days with that growler, and uh, I'm definitely we're definitely finishing this bottle as soon as we finish recording this episode. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I agree. Well, this one's not going anywhere. Um, and just for some um, extra info, they used more than five thousand pounds of sour cherries when making this beer.
2: I have a question that's about a sour
1: cherries because you, were, Mark, and I were also talking about the sour cherry. Um,
2: I believe it's a stout that uh, for our local Blue Point makes. What what is a sour cherry? Is there a specific type of cherry that's more sour than other cherries, or is yeah? It just...
0: So you know, in opposition of. Uh... What are they? Uh, Maraschino cherries? Maraschino cherries, that's the word. I knew it started with an M, but I couldn't think of it.
1: Right, but those are like bleached out and dyed neon red. Like,
0: Well, yeah, but they're also sweet cherries. Uh, there are also sour cherry varieties, which you don't see fresh because, uh, as far as I understand it, they uh, do not remain intact through the picking process. Oh, So, you won't see like sour cherries in your supermarket to buy them fresh. You might find them frozen. I think you can uh, find them like in a can, like yeah, you you certainly can for like pie fillings, things like that as well. But they it's another variety of cherry that is uh much more acidic and therefore sour than maraschinos or other you know dessert cherry varieties. Oh, that makes sense. And um.
2: Yeah, wow! Look at the—we just poured a little
0: bit, a little bit more for our uh, our own
2: tasting enjoyment. And I probably have at least two, at least yeah. at least an inch and a half to two inches of fall on the top. Now, it is... admit,
1: admittedly, I know I did not pour it correctly. I was kind of one-handing the pour there, so I didn't give the glass any kind of tip or anything like that to let it settle in, but um
2: it's like it, it is it's seriously it's like it's like foam that you would get in the bathtub i mean i know that, i know that you poured it like a hack. i know you poured it like a hack but still yeah it, it, it I there's there's no it. there's no way that you could i've never seen another beer that was poured that did this
1: yeah well um one of those kind of gross but good uh tricks if you have too much beer, and this makes more sense when you're drinking crappy beer and as justin puts his finger up his nose this is going to be the perfect segue i did
2: not actually put the finger in the nose it only got to the rib you. (laughs) well
1: if you ever are really worried about getting the the foam down you can just use a little grease like uh that's usually on your nose sorry guys and girls like there is and you kind of put it onto the uh top of the foam you know just put your rub the finger on the side side of your nose and then touch the foam and the foam will start to go down because that oil will break it down
2: my father taught me that when you're uh, putting screws into a wall and you're having difficulty getting the screw into the wall, like yeah. doing drywall, you take the screw and you rub it in the corner, a corner of the outside of your nose, where the most grease is, and that's how you get the screw in there. Yeah, so there you shout go. Shout out to
1: Dad. There you go. Exactly. See, nose nose grease. One of the most useful things you've never even thought about. <laughs> um, and your body makes it for free. Oh, and I love free. I do love free. Oh,
2: I like this beer for Matt. Thank you very much, yeah. Matt.
1: Um, the. And as I think I mentioned before, the Hermitage website is really good. Um, they have a ton of videos. And each actual beer that they um, release, the Cellar Master or the brewmaster has a little, you know, minute, minute and a half video where they kind of explain what happened with the beer, how they went about making the beer and kind of walk you through the taste of it a little bit. And I thought it was really cool. And I actually have the links all set up for you already in the notes. So, you can't complain that I'm not trying to help you with them. Um, there,
2: there's never been one complaint. I'm never complaining. I know except, how busy except, you are.
1: I know. Um, so you guys can watch them and go visit the site and check it all out because they have a ton of stuff uh, to really describe what's going on with their beers. And they really, I got the impression that they really treat their beers as culinary creations. Of that, it's it's a project it's a it's a project it's a food project that they want to create versatile flavors for they want to create really refined specific flavors with these beers and not just go we're making this style and we're putting a beer out there we're going to create a, a a piece of artwork a really really focused creation
2: i have to say that you know the descriptions that they gave for all of these were really spot on and in addition to that, even though maybe we wouldn't want to have had, want to have had as much of the previous, um, which one was that the, the, uh, strawberry, the rhubarb. strawberry rhubarb? It, it's it's an incredibly different taste in a beer, and definitely something that, at least for me, from both a, a aromatic and a visual and a taste standpoint, was completely unique. Which I told, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think this might, be, as far as the breweries that we've explored so far here, and just the ones that I've ever you know sampled from this might be some of the most I'm going to go with refined some of the most refined
0: flavors that I've had out of beer. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, going to keep my eyes open for Hermitage when I'm out going forward because I, these were enjoyable and I would like to try more of what they produce. Now, one of the things that they do
1: produce that isn't nece- that isn't necessarily something that we I, I it didn't seem to strike a chord with what we are really interested in is they do a single hop variety of beers and over the course of the year and they really they do like one or two a year and then they stop production of it and they do go on to the next one and so they've done almost like single hop explorations and so they have one that was just all equinox hops and one that was all you know Mount Hood hops and one that was all Cascade and all. Over and over, and they've done like 12 of them over the course of the years.
0: So I wonder if those are also single malt beers, which uh, are usually referred to as smash beers. Okay. So single malt, single hop. and Oh, smash. I yeah, get it. exactly. It actually means something. and uh, Acronyms. <laughs> th- uh, as a home brewer, those are a good way to get an understanding of exactly what characteristics are this hop giving you in your beer so that's why you're using only one hop only one malt so you can really learn what these varieties of malts and hops actually give you in a finished beer so that you can you know file that away in your mind so when you're trying to create a specific flavor profile you know that okay I want to use some of this and then some of this and you right. know that'll get me to the where I want to be as far as this particular flavor. So if I
1: combine crystal malt with, you know, or, you know, if I combine crystal malt with cascade hops, this is what I get. Like, these are the, you know, this is the combination that it produces.
0: All right. So not to be a jerk, it wouldn't be crystal malt because crystal malt in itself, you can't produce a beer using only crystal malt because... There's too much sugar that's unfermentable in crystal, but it would be, you know, marisade or. Okay, so uh, I just picked a shitty example there. Well, but, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So that's why I said I'm not no, 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 no. That's, that's okay. You, but... That's that's why that's why we keep you around
1: because you know these things and I don't. Right. And, well, so yeah. And Justin so... just smiles and nods.
2: Exactly. I'm the I'm the, <laughs> I'm the pretty one. Check out the website. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So it'd be a uh, you know the malts would be base grains. So you know what. Those grains that provide you the bulk of your fermentables in a beer recipe.
1: Okay. And at some point, I think um, we're going to need to spend a little time, you know, talking about what the different grains are and, you know, and how they're categorized and things like that. Not necessarily today, but just in general. I think we have to spend a little time talking about that because that's something I'm interested in. And I think um, maybe you guys listening might be interested in as well.
0: All right. Yeah. We can definitely – I can definitely put together a uh, ramble about uh, those type things. I like it. We'll make sure we do it after we have a couple
2: of like you know ten point four percent imperials or something. So So like really really coherently discuss it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, these are these are really good. Uh, And Hermitage, uh, kudos to you guys. Gonna definitely keep my eye out for you. And if I can get the sour cherry sour and put it away. Um, rather than keeping it on my countertop or in my little wine rack, I think I might give it to Justin to hang on to because Justin, you've been working on a little project, um, that borders on obsession level, which is kind of what you do. You get into something and then you go a little, you know, off the rails and deep into it. So what, are, uh, what's your project that you're working on right now?
2: Yeah. So, um, to, to introduce it a little bit, I think we're going to, uh, go full into my obsession in a future episode, but the, uh, I, I have an extra refrigerator, which, you know. Happens to people, I suppose. Um, we have uh, After my son was born, we realized that keeping like six gallons of milk on, on hand takes up the whole refrigerator. So we, we purchased a larger refrigerator. I've had this other one hanging out in my uh, kitchen, taking up space because I was too lazy to get it in the basement. So I put my uh, family to work on Thanksgiving. My two cousins helped me get it in the basement. And now I've hooked it up to a digital um, <laughs> a digital temperature controller Excellent. so that I can keep it at the pre- precise uh, cellaring temperature of around 55 degrees and... I've been going out pretty much every day to the various uh, local uh, beer distributors and breweries and getting bombers of things that I can sell her for, you know, maybe a year, maybe two years, if I can hold off. And, uh, you know, we're going to be tasting some of those, I think on the uh, the very next episode and uh, you can tune in and find out more about th- what, what that's going to be. But yeah, suffice to say, I, I've, I don't think I've gone so crazy. I think there are a lot of people based on my Google searches that are going way nut- more nuts than me, but I hope to be
0: competing with them soon. Well, I, Better think, be prepared to buy more refrigerators, then.
1: <laughs> yeah. There, there's always, thanks to the thanks to the internet, not only can you always find whatever it is you're looking for, but you can always find the justification for everything that you're ever looking for in the sense that there's always someone else that's worse. Like, it's not me. Like, okay, I may have a little bit of an issue with this. Like, this is something I'm really into. But, but um, this guy not is way bad. worse. See, babe, I'm not that bad. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Don't be angry at me. Just be happy I'm not that guy. Yeah, well, this is,
2: this is you know, me saying I'm not as bad as other people comes from the guy that had almost a thousand reptiles in his house at one time because I was breeding them and selling them, which, you know, I was probably based upon the number, as you can imagine, not selling nearly as many as I needed to. Yeah, but you did really enjoy breeding them. It was fun, and actually that's where the digital temperature controller came from because, you know, having a son is like having a thousand reptiles. <laughs> so I had to get rid of one of them, and my wife demanded that it would be the reptiles. So it's what we did, and that's why I now have this digital temperature controller that can uh, that can power my, uh, my refrigerator. And uh, I believe I'm going to – I'm looking into ways to tie the re- freezer directly into the refrigerator so I can use the freezer space
0: to store beer as well. Well, I know people generally just cut – out the divider between the freezer and the fridge with you know reciprocating saw and call those are day i have one of those about five feet away from me so there might be a, we might do a little, a little demolition
2: slash construction in between this episode and the next one
1: well i think we finish off the sour cherry and maybe have another beer and then go play with the power tools that's going to be the way to go plan and <laughs> episode
0: <laughs> all right so I, I think we should probably wrap this particular one up uh, so we can move on to uh, said blends but uh, I just wanted to touch on the fact that if you happen to follow us on the social meds, I just got back from a wonderful trip to Hawaii and brought back some uh, tasty libations for us to drink on future episodes, so keep an eye out for those. And you brought me back a really cool Tiki Magnet uh, bottle opener,
1: which I, which we use today to open up all our beers.
0: Yeah, I, I once I found those, I knew those were... Uh, the gift to buy for you guys so I'm glad you enjoy them I appreciate it I, I love mine thank you very much Mark I very much appreciate it you got it all right everybody thanks for joining us on this Beertastic Voyage if you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to review and rate us the guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Beertastic Voyage and Twitter and Instagram at Beertastic Show, or send them a good old-fashioned email at BeertasticVoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.